Welcome, everybody, to Pick and Roll. Of course, the NBA betting show goes live every weekday morning, 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time on the Board YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network. And on this show, we go through NBA free picks to start off. Then we'll get Pips' analysis on those two free picks that we have for today. We then talk about the recap of yesterday's bets before going into some trending topics. Today's topic being Giannis's 64-point game franchise record against the Pacers. However, maybe masked by some controversy about the game ball of all things afterwards. And then we'll recap the bets to finish off. So if you guys are supporting the show, you like what you see today, smash that like button. Let's try to get to 100 likes on the stream once again today. Get us set ourselves up for a big Friday tomorrow. And also, please make sure you are subscribed to the channel. But we're out here on a Thursday to find some NBA free picks and the free picks that we have today. Two straight player props. No SGPs involved today. A bit of a, a rare one, I'd say, for Pips on the pick and roll show. But the first play, we are going to the Thunder and the Kings to play against De'Aaron Fox. We're going to take him under 30 and a half points for minus 120 odds at DraftKings or BetMGM. Again, playing against the Thunder over there. We'll get the analysis in just a moment here. The second play. We're going back to him. We're going back to Nikola Jokic. We're not going with the points this time, though. We are going to straight up go for a triple-double as the Nets visit the Denver Nuggets. Jokic to record a triple-double is plus 120 at ESPN Bet, but have no fear. You don't have access there. You can get it for plus 115 at BetMGM, but this is a prime opportunity to line shop. We go with what's widely available to most of our audience here. If you don't have access to these books, perhaps you have access to another book that has the odds available. Make sure you're line shopping. Use an odds comparison tool like BetStamp to help you do that. That's what I did pre-show to make sure we are getting the best line. Okay, Pips, let's go to that first play here. De'Aaron Fox on the under. Uh, a lot of unders this week. Perhaps also a bit strange for the show. But why are you back in the Thunder to to thwart Fox tonight? I mean, if you take a look at the line, I mean, it's a bit too high of a line for, for De'Aaron Fox. He was in the 28 and 29 range a lot of games so far this season. And uh, he's under on this line in... 11 out of the 17th game so far this season, which is uh, 65% of the season. So now getting the Thunder matchup. Yeah, I mean, like, Thunder seems like very high-scoring games, but uh, they limit everything Fox is good at. So Fox is scoring the most... So Fox is mostly scoring via transition, via isolation, and via pick-and-roll ball handle. So... Um, Oklahoma City Thunder second best isolation defense in the league allowing second least points in the entire league third least points from the transition and fourth least points to pick a roll ball handler so 75 to uh, like over 75% of the Darren Fox points comes to through those three categories and if you look combined Thunders are the number one defense in the league looking at those three combined. Like, they are allowing the least points through those three combined. So, and also, Fox is killing everyone from the mid-range area. Thunders are allowing fourth least mid-range shots in the entire league. So, like, if you go to every metric that there is out there, Thunders are the best defense to against Fox. They have Dort to, to defend uh, Fox, and they have well, uh, Ryuki Wallace, who is 
great on defense. Like he is so yeah. far, what I've seen, he's amazing, and I think he's maybe even better suited to defend Fox than Lugans Dort. So yeah, like one-on-one -on -one matchup, difficult. Every way he tries to score, like Thunders are best. And even if he if he gets to the rim, it's Chet Holgram out there, and they will swarm on him like every single drive. Like I mean. Very, very difficult matchup. The way I, I can see uh, Fox going over this line, if he shoots like tremendous from three or he gets like 10 plus free throws. That, that lonely way I can see. And looking at how he shoots free throws and how he, how he is a shooter this season, like, yeah, I don't trust it. So, I mean, everyone else will be in a better spot. So, yeah. And looking at the graph, as I said, 65% uh, under 30 and a half line. And he always comes close. So, yeah, I think 30 is a bit inflated. If, it, if this was 28 and a half, I would say, like, okay, this is good line, like, good split. But no, I think it, it's a bit too much. All right, that is fair enough on that front. And uh, yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying about the defensive matchups associated for De'Aaron Fox here tonight. Shout out Casey Wallace. Um, we're playing really well as a rookie for this team as well. Let's go to that second play. So typically when you go to Jokic on, uh, like when you think Jokic's have a big night, you go with the points, assist, rebound, same game parlay. Today you're going with something a little bit different and going with just a straight up triple-double. Uh, so talk to us about why you're feeling this play against the Nets and why you're going with this setup instead of the SGP. So last game when he was ejected, prior to that, he had six, 17 minutes logged in and scored five points. He wasn't even trying to score. Like, he wasn't even looking to score. He had some issues last couple of games with scoring-wise. He had some problems with uh, efficiency. And last game, he didn't even try to score. Like, he was just passing around. And in those 17 minutes, he had nine point, uh, nine rebounds and six assists. Now he's coming home. We all know Rokic at home, assist goes way up. So I just think with Jamal Murray back, with uh, MPJ being healthy, Gordon being there, with everyone being there, and against the uh, like a small size, like small lineups from the Nets. They will need to double Jokic inside, like, uh, like, or at least put help close, and Jokic will have some easy target to pass out and rebounds. He will crush rebounds, so I think uh, it's a good. And also, here he is getting ten points, no matter what, no matter what you do on the defense. But I don't think, uh, like, it, it, it's kind of important what approach will uh, Nets have, but I don't think they will even try to play one-on-one -on -one with Sharp or Claxton or Jokic. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, so we have the Jokic triple-double going with that and the Darren Fox under on the point. So a bit easier to fall today with just two players involved. What we had a lot of players on is yesterday's bets. Uh, unfortunately, our Zion Williamson bet voided. If you bet it at BetMGM, it voided. Uh, if you didn't bet it there and it didn't void, well, the Pelicans still won. So you got like, I don't know, 20% uh, of a unit back, whatever it may be. But yesterday was another pretty much break. Day. What was that? Yeah, it, was like, it was like 30 because like it was like, I think, minus 300 for for the for them to win. So it, yeah, whatever it was, um, for, for show tracking purposes, BetMGM uh, 
it's avoided yeah. bet. So for our bets, unfortunately, it was a split day once again. Um, <laughs> 0.05 units of profit, but yeah, it's a break-even day. Malik Beasley is a no-sweat winner. Brooke Lopez is a no-sweat winner, but where we had the difficulties was in the other side of it. Lillard was pretty sweat-free. Buddy Heald does not get to the 10 points once again. Halliburton does not get to his 10 assists. Uh, I tracked incorrectly, but that's okay. It still didn't win. Um, yeah, fourth quarter, it, it felt like we, you know, second half, I mean, looking at the halftime numbers, it really felt like, Halliburton was on pace. Buddy Heal was on pace, but didn't get much in the third. Pacers struggled and fourth quarter, like they relatively had no impact on the game. It was a lot of garbage time here. Um, talk to us about this matchup here. Then we'll talk about Giannis afterwards. Uh, but this was bad. That's supposed to win like 90% of the time. If you take a look at the last game, uh, not maybe 90, but 80. So Buddy Hill was one from six from three again wide open trees and he didn't play much in the second half uh he played i think five six minutes in the second half uh that's it uh he played six minutes in third quarter got back in the fourth played one minute got technique some technical foul and kyle i benched him like he he came in and came back came out but he was was 0-3 in the second half on three so i can see why he got benched I mean, if you are down 15, you need to play Buddy Hill. He can get hot on any point. It's, it's, it was crazy. Carly did some terrible stuff in the last game, but nonetheless, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, even though he was benched in the last six, uh, six minutes of the game, he had 22 potential rebound assists. And I would say he had way more. Like, those 22 are, like, I don't know how they count them, but if a guy goes for a wide-open layup and gets fouled, that's not potential assists even though it was wide open lap. So, like, that ah. that happened, like, five times, for sure. Like, and people were missing dunks and layups on Halliburton assists. Like, he expected assists from for Halliburton last year were probably, like, in the range of 13 to 14. Even without playing last six, six, six minutes. It was insane. Uh, I watched the entire game. I think he came back in the fourth uh, and pl- played three minutes. He created seven shots in those three minutes. Like every single field goal attempt from the Bucks was his assist, and they didn't make a single one. Like you missed everything, and uh, like two wide open layups and two and three wide open threes, like completely wide open, and they missed everything. And if they make any of these, he gets the assist, and the, they stay in the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like they were yeah. down five with ten minutes left, and they'd be getting blown out, crazy stuff. There's uh, um. That there's probably some correlation with Buddy Heald's misses and Halliburton's assists yeah. as well. I didn't yeah. watch those watch Raptors, but okay, so twice yeah. <laughs> Buddy Heald missed on a Halliburton and wide open, wide open, wide open. They they play they, they oh, played some ice ice defense on pick, uh, Halliburton and they went uh, with him on the pick and rolls and he was playing pick and roll with Heald. He was wide open from the like uh like. Like straight from the yeah. uh, both break, like wide open. Yeah, so it wasn't even close. Like it was a brick, brick. So I don't know what's happening with Hill. When he we don't bet him, like we bet him, he was zero from six. Game prior to that, he was four from seven. Then we don't bet him. He's again four from seven. Then we bet him. He's one from six. Yeah. 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 Insane stuff. We we bet him twice, and he's 0 of six and one of six from three. Last season, like I said, 
how uh healed was perfect when we bet him he did not met it was not there were bets that lost with him but it was never his leg of the parlay and we won a ton of bets this season two losses on healed grateful apparently has buddy healed on his band list i wouldn't call him trash i think there's going to be a lot of teams interested in him. uh pacers certainly like him but yeah this one it was not his game and badger boy mentions that uh there was a miss healed three that would have gotten him to 10 points and would have been assist number eight for halberd yeah. perhaps would have gotten the pacers closer to keeping in this game but as it, yeah, as I mean, it was oh go ahead go ahead i mean yeah exactly like that, that was like 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 30 seconds before the, he pulled out everyone, it was like that possession that Halliburton assisted for heel three. That will quite cut the game down to 11, which was great. And as Halliburton assists to eight with six minutes left, so I don't care if he pulls out healed. Yeah, I mean, an insane game, second half. Yeah, yeah. that's all. Uh, it's another, it's another bet. I mean, we keep talking about this. Another bet where we go. The way the game went down, this one probably should have easily covered uh, with with the way it went. But it, it's a make or miss league, especially when it comes to betting here. And he was not making his shots here. But as a result, a lot of garbage time in this one, which led to a historic night for the Milwaukee Bucks franchise. 64 points for Giannis in this one. And of those 64, 26 were in the fourth quarter. D.Shifty puts in chat here. 32 free throws for Giannis. Eight minutes of garbage time. It is the most points ever scored without a three-pointer made. But yeah, 32 free throws. A lot of garbage time here. But regardless, like I don't want to take too much away from this. It is a it is a 64-point night. Milwaukee Bucks, an historic franchise. It is a franchise record here. How was Giannis able to be so successful in this one? Let's go to Pips for this. And how did he end up getting 32 free throws? He had 24 of them. He was getting fouled. He was getting killed, like, on every drive. Like, they couldn't stop him at all. I know it won't go well with the narrative of our viewers, probably, or anyone. But first off, I wouldn't call it uh, garbage time. It was a five-point game with 10 minutes left. It was 15 points game with six minutes left. Then he got pulled out, and they came back to, the, I think, the nine-point game. And then okay. he put Giannis back in. So, like, he he was pulled out and then he came back in because uh, Pacers pulled back. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, if he would, if, so he returned with 230 left with 10 points game. Like, that's not garbage time. And, yeah, I mean, 32 free throws, he was getting fouled. Like, it, like, they were defending him single coverage and he's, he's, everyone is undersized to defend him. And when he is getting, when he was driving, they were just sliding in front of him, trying to get charged and moving his feet. That's foul every single time. Can I can like, I show you the uh, shot chart? The uh, Javon said in chat, hilarious shot chart, and I pulled up the shot chart. It's hilarious. Um, every make was in the restricted area. Every single field goal made was in the restricted area. He took four shots outside the restricted area. Three of them were straightaway threes that all missed. One of which was like maybe just to the left of the restricted area that he also missed. But his shot chart for any audio listeners, every make is like within the cylinder almost. It, it, this is pretty comical. So we said before the game, the Pacers don't give up threes because they just play one-on-one. -on -one. They don't help. Uh, maybe they should have started helping at some point 
in this one because every make is right at the rim. That, that I mean, it. not everyone is Giannis. So in some other that's, cases, that, like... Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. like, for this game, like, once yeah. Giannis is crushing them, go, okay, maybe but now we switch. A bit. Outside, you have Brook Lopez, Malik Beasley, Chris Middleton, and Damian Lillard. Like, if you did, did give you those guys wide open threes, you want, like... You won't get you won't get any better. You won't, uh, yeah. You see, a kind of interesting. So uh, the way they are defending, they're just okay. Like I, I don't know if you saw the clip of Eric Gordon on JJ Reddick podcast when they no. said how how they played against the Golden State Warriors. They wanted them to just don't move the ball and attack uh, like in isolation all the time, just to 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 to, to move them from their rhythm and like. Uh, Make them uncomfortable. That that's not the way they are playing the basketball. That's the way the Houston Rockets played the basketball. It was about the uh, conference finals and uh, when they lost to the Golden State Warriors uh, when Chris Paul got hurt. So they were just, he was like just explaining. So that's why that's how the Pacers are playing. They just if you look at the game last night, they were just going to Giannis isolation and Lillard isolation. They weren't moving the ball. They weren't trying to play pick and rolls. They just Went to Giannis. And if a team don't have Giannis or Embiid or Jokic, that's kind of decent. If you have, if you had any good defensive players, they don't have anyone like, yeah, like anyone. And that's the problem with them. But if they they, they get some good defenders, that's kind of that defense is one of the best. That's the way the Celtics are defending, and they are top five defense in the league for like for quite some time. So yeah, I just think. It's not a terrible way to defend, but <laughs> against the Giannis, it's 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 insane. And also, they're giving up the most uh, field goals made at the rim in the NBA history. All right. All right. What was that? They had the most field goals made in NBA history? They are allowing the most oh. field goals made from their city day in NBA history. That's why if you look at the Giannis chart, it looks insane. But they are exactly the thing you can expect that to see. Against. Yeah, but like I'm saying though, they're playing like the like they're making you score a high volume of twos here, and they're trying to make that up by scoring threes on the other end. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but there's going to be games like this naturally. Um, I think that looking for some defenders, maybe towards the deadline, would be great for this team. But uh, I, I, I have I have one in mind that can play for them well, very well. Who do you think? OG Anunoki. <laughs> oh well, okay, yeah. OG. I mean, they can they can get him. Um, if they're ready to give up some picks and perhaps like Matherin or something, I think like it's possible. But uh, we. I don't mean, like if you put like two two next to Halliburton, if you put two the great defensive player that can shoot on the wings, then you are looking at oh, a team that oh can God. be competitive. That, yeah, that team yeah. is just disgusting if, if they get... I mean, yeah. yeah, they get OG so they can actually play one-on-one against the best player because they'll just put OG on him. Yeah, that team is going to be uh, very fun to watch and the defense will improve drastically. But the controversy from this game came after the game. Giannis had 64 points, naturally wanted the game ball after his 64-point performance, but the Pacers had rookie... Oscar, I'm going to try, Oscar Tashibwe, who scored his first NBA regular season points. He had, a, he had one free throw made, his first point in an NBA regular season game, and there was a controversy about who was supposed to get the game ball. So after the game, I'll, I'll map it out for everybody, a Bucks assistant coach was seen grabbing the game ball, 
somehow the game ball ended up with the Pacers in their locker room, which caused Giannis to comically say run into run into like the back room, run to the Pacers locker room, then run back out and started cussing out Tyrese Halliburton about the game ball. Giannis wanted his 64 point game ball. Giannis wanted you know, a franchise record for points in the game game ball. This rookie wanted the game ball for his first NBA regular season point. Controversially as well, Oscar Tshibwe had a point in the in-season tournament championship game. Obviously, though, in-season tournament championship game, the Lakers wanted that game ball. Number two, that wasn't technically a regular season game. So a whole bunch of factors associated here. Pips, who do you think should be getting this game ball? And how do you think it could have been handled differently? Like this is not even a question. Like I don't think like if you like give it the percentage wise, who should get the ball? It's one hundred percent Giannis. Like what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. Like yeah, I don't know I'm like I'll say my from my side, hundred percent okay. Giannis. I mean, like one player first point on the NBA when he will have so many, and other player setting a franchise record. For the last how many years, and he's like career high and in a win at home. Wow, what are we doing here? Like it's insane. Like it's my opinion. Of course, everyone can say different, but I'm saying Yanis should get the ball. It's not even close. Like that's insane, insanity. And I say his reaction was a bit cringy, and I can go with that. It, it was, but pettiness from the Pacers and then trying to get the ball to the rookie, like not understanding that Young should get the ball after franchise record at home in a win is just crazy stuff. So like, a, a, a bit of my pushback will be that like NBA vets, like I saw Richard Jefferson talk about this, like it's widely recognized that if you get like your first NBA points, like you get that game ball. That's like a widely recognized thing in the NBA. This is obviously a, a pretty extraordinary circumstance where the opposition player has 64 points franchise record. Uh, that was set in 2006 by Michael Red. I would have never guessed that. But this had, I, I, the other day, Giannis should get the game ball. Franchise record, 64 points. I understand that completely, but I think Giannis should handle this differently. I think a conversation should be had here. Um, I didn't see that he wanted it for Lillard, who passed Corver in three-pointers. I I feel like that's even worse of a reason. But for Giannis, if he wanted the, the game ball for the franchise record, a conversation should be had there with Oscar Toshibwe. And I think in some capacity, like Oscar should be getting some like some compensation for that maybe something else from the game. Perhaps Giannis buys the ball off him, whatever it may be. But the way Giannis handled that situation was very poor. I get he's upset. He wanted the game ball 64 points. Perhaps there's a bit of a rivalry brewing after the in-season tournament game between these teams. But yeah, I, I think ultimately Giannis should probably get that game ball. But vote in the poll in the chat, by the way. Most of the votes are going towards Giannis here. But you have to see it from the Pacers' perspective as well. Oh, sorry. <laughs> reminding me of Buddy Hill being trash. <laughs> yeah, remind, reminding of that. But yeah, would love anybody's thoughts in the chat. Pips, you kind of see my point of view on this. Yeah, I see your point of view. I still like think it's Yannis Bull. Like 
I, I understand all that, but if I need to decide, it's Yanis Bowen. Like, it's insanity what, for me. What I don't understand like, is how there's a video of the Bucks coach grabbing the ball at the end of the game, and then how did that not end up with Giannis? How did that end up with the Pacers? And then apparently... Like, Pacers, Pacers went and took the ball from him. Oh, they did. Yeah. I think they knew, like, the Giannis franchise record. Like, you, you can be in the home court building and don't know that stuff. Like, it was just... They were trying to be petty, and that's it. That's that's how I see it. And I watched clips and comments and everything, and that's my 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 opinion on this topic, and that's it. I even watched the press conference of Yanis and he did say some crazy stuff out there but also he said he don't even have the ball of the game six of the finals against the Suns where he played one of the oh, best okay. games of all time and he was like like I, I, I it's just additional uh like need to get this ball like to have at least the, uh, game six 50 point game ball then I, I honestly don't know, but I, I said that he don't have that one, and that's insanity. That's one of the best games ever. Yeah, that one. Uh, that one. I don't see any reason why anybody else would have it. I mean, the Bucks should have that in like cased up somewhere as well. That one's okay. That yeah, that one's a bit strange. But Giannis should have handled this differently. I get the frustration, but yeah, Giannis at the end of the day should probably have the ball. He said after the game, it's still unclear who has the game ball, and it's still. Giannis apparently has he, one, he, and he doesn't know what it is in game ball. I was listening to it, and see, I said, like, I played 36 minutes in the game, and I know how that ball feels, and this ball feels like just a new ball from the, from the, from the, that never, that, that was never played the basketball bit, so. Okay, that's. Maybe they do, I know, maybe they don't, I don't know. That's, okay, that's pretty crazy for Giannis to say that, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're in agreement. Giannis should probably get the game ball. Um, I would, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this saga ends. I'd love to see Oscar just post on Instagram, a photo of him holding the ball, just, just to be ultra petty about it. That would probably set off some fireworks and be hilarious. Uh, or maybe Giannis posts a photo with it and says, finally got it. But hopefully Oscar Shibway is compensated in some capacity. Um, that that's how I feel. Okay. That's all we have for today, guys. Remember if you're tailing the picks, you're supporting the show. Smash that like button. It really makes a big difference to the channel. Helps us end up on some more YouTube recommended pages. And subscribe to keep up to date with all pick and roll episodes. And today is Thursday. So subscribe as well because me and Kirk Evans are going live a little bit later on today to discuss some trending NBA topics. We're going to be talking New York Knicks. We're going to be talking Draymond Green suspension. And we're going to be talking some trades and trade candidates because tomorrow free agents open up. Or Sorry. We didn't talk of the Draymond Green suspension even though it was a topic last night. And he's he's suspended indefinitely, so that's more than ten games. Well, it, it's probably thing. he's got to meet a certain criteria before coming back for like I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't call it therapy, but like counseling or whatever it may be. I think the NBA is handling this well, and uh, it is a league safety issue. At, at, at I don't think he's back before the All Star. Wow, that's mid February. That would be. Yeah. That would be pretty crazy. If he gets anything like the jaw suspension, I'd be pretty surprised. But we uh, will see. I mean, the NBA wants to crack down on this. So we'll uh, we'll certainly see how that transpires. But yeah, more on that a little bit later on today. So notifications on as well to keep up to date. All right, let's go to the picks that we have for today. First of all, it's De'Aaron Fox under 30 and a half points. Minus 120 at BetMGM and DraftKings should still be up uh, from the last time I checked. 
And the second play is a, a Nikola Jokic triple double plus 120 at ESPN bet plus 115 to MGM is also a okay to take. So two picks. Let's try to have a two and day. Really get this week going. Set us up for a big Friday with a potential bonus SGP live tomorrow on pick and roll. Me and Pips will be back and hope to see you there. 